It's the RU Review, sponsored by Zebra Pen. Find Zen in your pen. I'm Steve Titchener here with Matt Lachlan. Rutgers heading into game six on the road at Indiana. We'll discuss that game. Look back at the Maryland game as well. But first, we have Zach Barnett of footballscoop.com to discuss the Rutgers head coaching candidates. We'll be back with Zach after a message from Zebra Pen. When seeking to find your path to enlightened writing, look to Zebra Pen for products that deliver on style, function, and value. Find Zen in your pen. Zebra Pen. Find us at your local retailer or online at zebrapen.com. And follow us on social media. And we're back on the Zebra Pen RU Review. We have Zach Barnett from footballscoop.com on the line. And Zach, thanks for joining us. Thank y'all for having me. Well, you're my uh, new uh, favorite columnist, uh, Zach, because I I love uh, Joe Moorhead. I would love to see him at Rutgers. And so I just ate up that article that you wrote. And for me, I'm coming from, uh, listen, he, he came from Fordham. He's a successful head coach uh, in the Northeast. And then he goes to Penn State. And listen, James Franklin, they were not happy in Happy Valley at all with James Franklin at the time that he came in. And he he changed that offense. Now, they did have the players, but they, he, he did a fantastic job there. And uh, then went on to Mississippi State, where he's done a, a pretty good job as well. So uh, the question is, could he actually leave the SEC and come up uh, back to the Northeast? Would he want the Rutgers job? That's the big question. Have you heard any buzz that he's not happy in Mississippi State? I don't know if not happy is the right word because uh, I think, I think Mississippi state's treated him great. Uh, you know, I think he likes his team. Um, you know, he, I, I know internally that they're very optimistic about where they could be in 2020, 2021. But, you know, I think it's kind of dawning on him now, 18 months or however long it's been since he took the job that, you know, uh, Starkville, Mississippi, is not necessarily for everybody, especially if your your roots are up there in the Northeast. Obviously, uh, you know Dan Mullen made it work quite well for nine years, but at the same time, you know Dan Mullen kind of kind of ruined that job uh, in in a way because now people expect you know Dan Mullen type success every single year, even you know when Dan Mullen wasn't hitting his own target. So you know if you go six and six each year at Mississippi state or something like that, then, you know, you're going to get a lot of, of stern questions. And if you go six and six each year at Rutgers, they're going to build you a statue. That's <laughs> a great line, great line in your, uh, in your article. Well, certainly that's the case early on, but as any coach who comes in, if he can create some success and certainly Rutgers is coming from the absolute bottom of the barrel, but if he can create any success, then he is going to be a revered figure. But Dan Mullen went to Florida. That That's a different switch would joe moorhead be moving from the sec west more difficult arguably maybe maybe not than the big 10 east and is is it really just for him a lateral move so yeah he may be able to elevate the banks uh to a level that they haven't seen since shiano left but is it really a better job in terms of what he's facing competition wise, recruiting wise? You know, I think, I think that uh, obviously, you know, with, with coaching jobs, the beauty is in the, the eye of the beholder. So, you know, there's, I would say most coaches would, would never even dream of, of, 
you know, leaving Mississippi State for Rutgers. You know, as, as I wrote in the piece, you know, if your if your dream is to spend New Year's Eve, you know, in, in Jacksonville and Tampa and Orlando as often as you possibly can, then, then there's there's no question that that uh, Mississippi State for Rutgers would, would be a you know multiple steps backwards. But you know, for for Joe Moorhead, you know, obviously, you know, his, his formative years, you know, very successful as a head coach at Fordham, you know, so, you know, the, the Northeast is, you know, that that's his territory territory. He is very familiar with. And then, you know, I think an asset for him would be, you know, Rutgers is, is very aware of its, its place in the big 10 right now. So he would get, you know, I think at minimum seven years to really, you know, grip it down to the studs and build it up, you know, the way he wants it to with his guys, with, with no expectations, you know, ahead of him. So I think, with this guy in, in these circumstances, I think the move, you know, could make some sense. Yeah. It would take an enormous deal for him to leave for the reasons that you certainly enumerated there, because it is a long build. There's no way he's leaving unless he's got a lot of time and a lot of money. Yeah. I think, I think, I think the time is the biggest thing. I think, uh, you know, just, just on my, you know, my intuition and in, in knowing the industry, I think he would, I think something like a you know a, you know five year contract is generally standard. I think Rutgers would need to offer something like seven years, you know, to, to really you know roll out the, the scarlet carpet and uh, you know show it, it, its commitment to him to, to get him to to leave an SEC job. And also, Rutgers needs to step up big this time. They can't go with you know another uh, defensive coordinator, offensive co- uh, uh, coordinator somewhere. They need an offensive-minded coach. Was is the thought in Piscataway? So I mean, Joe Moorhead fits that perfectly. The thing is, that's a big uh, you know. Listen, it, it, what do you think of it as a resume killer in a sense that it's it's, it's that big of a job and and uh, you know there's only one way to go is up, but it's a long slog on, on the way up. I mean, the rebuild's probably going to take a few years at least oh yeah there's no question that if you get there and you go you go eight and 40 uh you're not going to be able to turn around and, and you know knock knock on mississippi state's door again you know hypothetically and say hey guys you know uh just just kidding about that you know Rutgers is really bad so yeah if, if you're you're taking on that job then, then you take on the warts and you know the warts become you at a certain point but you know obviously you know, the, 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 you're betting on yourself that you can turn that around. And if you can get, you know, obviously, you know, Greg Schiano turned, you know, the Rutgers job into the Tampa Bay Bucks job. So if you can, if you can win at Rutgers, then, then you're proving to the country that you can win literally anywhere. What do you like about him as a coach? Uh, really, I like his demeanor. I, I like that he, you know, he's very different from Shiano, he, he's not going to be in your face. He's more of a laid back guy. Uh, I, I don't think he's a guy that, that lets the up the ups and downs of a job, you know, get to him too much. You know, I, I know some people that, that work for him and they absolutely rave about the guy. Um, and, uh, obviously he's done it before as a, as a head coach, you know, so as you mentioned before, you know, Rutgers, the belief there is that you need an offensive guy. I think most importantly is you need a guy, with experience that that's been a head coach before. And obviously, you know, he checks that box, you know, very well with, with a, a good year, a good run at, at Fordham. And then now, you know, successful in the year two at Mississippi state. Is uh, it Starksville? Have you been there? Is it like a neat college town in Mississippi or is it like, is it a place you want to get out of? 
What's your thoughts? I on have it? never been there, okay. but um, I will say Scott, my boss, the, our, our president at football scoop, so he went to Ole Miss, so I guess you got to take this with a grain of right. salt, but he does okay. not have enough bad things to say. <laughs> I know, this, sure there's Starfield. a lot of jokes. Uh, we went to, uh, I went on a trip with him to Oklahoma State, Stillwater, Oklahoma, which, you know, if, if you if you went to Oklahoma State, you'd probably love it. I had never, I've, I've been there twice uh, for football reasons and not very impressed with it. And he said that, that Stillwater made, made Starkville look like Las Vegas. So, <laughs> I, I, I imagine that if, especially if you, if you're not from Starkville, then, then it's definitely an acquired taste. I'd say that. Yeah. And I think from the Northeast anyway, at least on our end, you know, we tend to look down at anything South of the Mason Dixon line, but that's okay. That's our prejudice and we have to deal with it, but he's been able to recruit there. I see uh 24 seven has them down uh, as uh 20th in the country, which is, Excellent. And then to show you how tough it is, eighth in the SEC in their incoming class. So he's been able to recruit there. What kind of a recruiter? Because that's the backbone of any program. What kind of a recruiter is he? Or does he have somebody that does a lot of that that he's got to bring with him? You know, that's the thing that that, that you mentioned. Twentieth in the in in the con and the country sounds great, but then you realize you're you're eighth you're eighth in your own conference and you know, probably fifth or sixth in your own division. So you know, I think they're, you know, the, the internal belief with Moorhead is that uh, in the Mississippi state staff is that they're real realistic about where they are and that, you know, they're, they spend three to four years building toward a single year that Alabama, LSU, Auburn, uh, that's every single year for them. So uh, he, I think he, he's excels at a, at a development program like, like Mississippi state is like, like Rutgers certainly would be. So I think, you know, he, he's got an eye for the guys that, that aren't, you know, when, when they sign, they're not finished products, but, you know, by the time they get in, get developed, stuff like that, you know, by their, their junior senior years, they're ready to compete with the big boys. Now are they, how do they feel down in Mississippi state about how coach Moorhead's doing? I mean, are they, are they 50, 50, are they thrilled with it? Would it be like, Hey, if you want to take the Rutgers job, go, what's the sense there? Um, you know, I, I think, yeah, I think Mississippi State right now, uh, I, I think year one, they were pretty impressed, but you know, they, they lost a lot on their defense. Uh, I think they had two first round picks from their defense and last year they went eight and five, uh, with, with Nick Fitzgerald as, as their quarterback. And he, he didn't really, you know, progress with the way, the way you might think he would given, you know, Moorhead, you know, reputation as an offensive coach when he did at Penn State. Uh, and then the, this year, you know, they're, they're toggling back and forth between true freshman quarterback. So I think they're, they're struggling on offense. So I think the questions that people have about Moorhead so far is, you know, we thought we were hiring an offensive guy. So why are we struggling to score points? Uh, and they struggled last week, big time against Auburn, got crushed. And now they've got Tennessee. So there'll be some heat. I've maintained that we'll know where he stands. And I don't think he has enough on his resume at Mississippi state to, to pull this card or play this card. But if suddenly he gets a little bit of an extension, you'll understand where he stands, particularly if the rumors continue to run hot that he's thinking about going somewhere else. Uh, if they really like him, they'll convince him to stay. If not, maybe he'll have that buyout, which you pointed out in your article is really not all that difficult based on 
in this his contract only gives him x amount as coach but a lot of extra and he would only have to pay what's literally down as the uh the coaching salary so that that's something to keep in mind as well yeah the the, the way contracts work in the state of mississippi is you know state employees can only be under contract for four years so he they're kind of on rolling four-year deals so you know if if you were to uh, if, if the Rutgers deal were, were to work out or to not work out, he'd get a one-year extension just because that's the way they have to do it. Gotcha. That's, that's uh, Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss is under the same deal. Dan Mullen was under the same deal. That's just state law in Mississippi. So it, from that perspective, you know, it, it does work in Rutgers' favor. Obviously, you, uh, they had to pay a lot to get Chris Ash out from under his contract. So the fact that he's not on, he doesn't have six years remaining on his contract is something that helps Rutgers. One more for me, Zach, and then you got to go. The front runner is Greg Schiano, and you are footballscoop.com. So, I mean, what what are your thoughts on Schiano coming back to Rutgers? Um, I mean, we wrote that that uh, the reason he left, you know, the Patriots is that our sources say that, that he was, you know, making himself available to come back and be the Rutgers head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that, that, that there's some, some conflict internally Rutgers between, you know, Shiano, you know, within the administration, within the donor class, which is where, you know, the the Moorhead, you know, report sources started to pop up. So I do think uh, Shiano would take the job if offered, but I, you know, this, at this point, I can't say that I know that if he would be offered Mm -hmm. or not. Well, Zach, thanks for taking some time with us. We'd love to have you back. So we'll look to getting you back in the future. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, Zach. That was Zach Barnett from footballscoop.com. And we'll be back after a word from Zebra Pen with myself, Matt, and John. When seeking to find your path to enlightened writing, look to Zebra Pen for products that deliver on style, function, and value. Find Zen in your pen. Zebra Pen. Find us at your local retailer or online at zebrapen.com. And follow us on social media. And we're back on the Zebra Pen RU Review. Steve Titchener, Matt Lachlan in the studio. We have John McAlevey on the phone. So a full backfield for more sports now here. And uh, I'm going to tell you this, guys. Nunzio Campanile. I mean, he, By the way, we found out it's Campanile. It is Campanile. Campanile. Because we were talking what, about that last week. I know. It, and nobody seemed to know. But okay. now it's been Campanile. That's what they started calling him during the game, the Rutgers guys. And then I was watching on Fios last night because I have no life. Bergen Catholic and Don Bosco. Okay. And his brother, and they kept pronouncing his name Campanilli. So it's Campanilli. So good. Good. We're going to have to go with clarify that. that. Well, see what happens what one game does as a head coach, even though it's on an interim basis in NCAA football. They get to know how to pronounce well, your name. Well, here's the thing. Nunzio, Maybe you prefer <laughs> that they didn't. Rutgers fans wished it was pronounced Saban or Meyer, unfortunately. Nunzio Campanile inherited a plate of hot garbage, man. I mean, let's face it. I mean, this guy's got a tough task in front of him. And, you know, listen, if this is his chance to audition for the head coaching job, well, You know, it wasn't a good start, but what else does he have? I mean, look what he went up against. He had no time to prepare. And then Raheem Blackshear, I mean, that morning, 
I believe it was that morning that he said, I'm not going to play. Yeah. I mean, wow, that's a tough one. He doesn't even get well, a couple Mark days to figure told him two days before. Sure. Or so you knew Johnny before. Langan was coming in, but your best offensive player is now not playing and you and you learn Different just before world, kickoff. Could you imagine what would happen back in the day? But it's a new world, right? It's yeah. a brand new world. That's that's the athlete I mean, you have. And we can get into this. I mean, can you blame Sikowski? Can you blame Blackshear? I mean, you know, Blackshear's a captain. You know, it's the it's the rules. But he's already given Blackshear's already given up his redshirt year. He's played in four games. Sidkowski's is a little different. He's only played in three. You're allowed to play in four. Mm-hmm. After you played in four, then right. you're right. So Sidka but Blackshear, I think, has already lost his time, no? Well, no, he 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 if he played, he couldn't redshirt. And the plan is to redshirt. But did he quit on the team is the point. Yes. Here. Many people feel that that's the case, but he's doing what he feels is best for his interests. And it's the rules now. So it, it, it's a tough way. It's a tough place to go. And does does this necessarily mean that Art and uh, Blackshear want to leave uh, Rutgers? It doesn't necessarily mean they're absolutely out. It's, it's, a, it's Would you a welcome them back? Would they Who redshirt, though? It seems to me that they want to save some eligibility because as bad as the team is this year, they're going to be worse next year and probably a year or two after that. Yeah, you're right. Basically, it sounds like they're just, you know, putting off the inevitable. If you would ask me, I mean, guys like that have some cachet. They can go and play at an SEC school or I don't know whether they're allowed to transfer in conference. They could probably go to another Big Ten. They could go to a They can do that. Rutgers lost. can play. (laughs) Rutgers lost two guys to Big Ten schools. Yeah, so – Rutgers lost two guys this year to Big Ten schools, so you can transfer within the conference. I would be out of there. It would Their heads would be spinning if I could play. I would get out of there as fast as I could because, I mean, a guy like that, Blackshear, can, can play on Sundays. Pacheco maybe can play on Sundays. Rutgers puts guys in the NFL, but um, it, listen, it's not going to happen with that offensive line for any of those offensive guys. They should no. They should well, get as out Matt of there, has alluded to a number of times, it's all about the coach that's coming in. And if they like that coach that's coming in, let's say it's a Shiano. If they like the coach coming in and they say, and they know Shiano has put uh, NFL, not just not just put them in the NFL, but stars in the NFL. I mean, they may say, hey, we let, let, we want to hang around and see this because the grass may not be greener somewhere else. So there is a well, possibility that when the new coach comes in, whoever it is, they may, they may say, hey, we're, we're going to stay. That, that is a possibility. It is. I don't know where the grass couldn't be greener than at Rutgers right now. I mean, that well, is burned out turf. Well, in the case of uh, Blackshear, I mean, he's a very good player. I mean, he can he can help a lot of teams. So there would be a lot of interest. Well, let for me him ask you this. Question. Art's a different story. Art Sikowski is a different story, although he he did play his best football uh, before he uh, before he decided to he was playing to, better. Yeah, for sure. Take off. Let me ask you this. So you're in that Rutgers room and you've decided to stay. You've decided that you're going to tough it out. You just got your butt kicked by Maryland. You're looking at the rest of the schedule and saying, how in God's name are we going to compete against Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan mm. State at the end of our schedule? We can't even beat a Maryland team that should be on par with us. We lose to Boston College. We can't score. Our quarterback has just quit on us. Our running back has quit on us. But I'm sticking it out because I made the commitment. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to welcome these guys back? Hey, I mean, you're making a good point here, Matt, because, they, you know, these these guys are sticking it out. And, you know, this is one thing that I noticed. I noticed they were playing hard for Campanile. They were playing hard. There's no question about it. I didn't see necessarily. I look, 
Well, I quit. Frankly, I left in you know the second half, but I did have to go back to work. But it was, <laughs> but listen, I mean, it was there was at the beginning there was there was some r- nice energy. I mean, the crowd was nothing. I mean, there was no students there either. But listen, you know, after that flea flicker when they tied it up, and, we, and you, we're seeing a play that we haven't seen in the longest time. Wow, look at this! Something, some creativity, and and Johnny Langan, even though he underthrew the ball, it's still you know Bo Melton made a nice uh, adjustment on it, caught the ball, then Johnny Langan uh, you know runs it in, and and it's seven seven or like wow, what do we have here? It was really, it was actually very exciting. And the crowd was loud, a sparse crowd, but that, that crowd was, was loud. And there was a lot of energy in the place. And then bam, I mean, just, I mean, and it they scored. Five minutes of juice uh, is what you're trying to tell us. Yeah. And then Maryland just scored on the next possession. And then uh, they went on a fourth down. They went for it. Maryland scores again, again, again. And, you know, Andy Boo, I got to ask you, I mean, the defense was horrible. I mean, the defense was just horrible. And I, you know, so, you got to wonder, I mean, now, you know, granted, he's not, he, you know, he's still got, he's still got to put a decent defensive effort out there. I mean, he wants a job somewhere, you know, eventually. And, and it's, it, that defense was bad. And there's some players on that side of the field. I, I, I thought their defense would be their strength this year. Well, obviously you can't count on the offense, but they, they struggled. The defense couldn't stop anything. And this is Maryland that got thumped thumped by Penn State at home so my goodness and then then you got them coming Penn State is coming at at Happy Valley oh my god you know I, I, I sort of oh, and there's a bunch of games between now and then a little bit for uh for Langan I mean there was a guy who started the season number three on the depth chart and um I mean we haven't even talked about McLean Carter he's finished right he's done, I mean, yeah, I yeah. He's yeah. done with a medical retirement is yeah. something that I read in the paper which, you know, I hope the young man is okay and that he's not, you know, this is not something that's going to linger for him for a while. That's first and foremost. He'll always have Massachusetts. But, you know, it almost works out, you know, in his favor that he doesn't have to go back behind that offensive line and just get abused anymore. But but, uh, then Art decides he wants to maybe look into the whole red red shirt thing. So now Johnny Langan is, okay, you got two days, you're the starter. And um, I guess he did what pretty much everybody expected of him. He was going to be in the RPO stuff and a lot of running the ball. And he's a tough kid and he can run you over when he gets short yardage. But if you were to see him drop back and throw a pass, it's, it's not his forte. Um, the, the one pass that I saw him did complete was the second or third throw is when he overthrew his wide receiver by about 10 yards and, None other than Nunzio Campanile caught the ball on the sideline. So if he's going to be someone that's going to have to drop back and pass, then, then you know, Katie bar the door. They're going to be even more trouble than, well, uh, than we expected. But he that, is what he is. He's a running quarterback. He's a rah-rah guy that can get you the couple of yards and, you know, the whole run-pass offense. But with an offensive line that can't really stick with a block, it, it is a recipe for disaster for the rest of the season if he's going to be continue to be the starter. Well, I think we saw and listen. Let let's cut him a bit of slack, thrown into an untenable situation oh, with little preparation. But I think we saw why BC wanted to change him mm-hmm. out of the quarterback spot to the tight end. He is not. Yeah. He doesn't give you much at the quarterback position in terms of having to defend the the pass game. But, you know, right. he was thrown into a horrible situation. And then, you know, now they got to go to Indiana, which 
earlier in the year, back in the summer and in the preseason, we thought, okay, this might be very difficult on the road. They're they're improved, but this might be one you can get. Now you're just hoping to get out alive. I mean, it's really a shame what it's come down to. I mean, it is completely, yeah. I mean, four, totally fallen apart. What, four touchdown underdogs here, 27 point underdogs. And uh, would you ever imagine that? In Indiana, no. going I was to reading, Indiana, I was reading that morning, big point spread, my yeah, goodness. I was reading a story this morning uh, on uh, SI.com, sportsillustrated.com, and uh, I want to say the author's name was Tom Boo, B-E-W. I, I, I might be off there. At any rate, um, and he said he's done some research. He can't find a time when Indiana was that much of a favorite against anybody wow. Wow. at home. So Amazing. Uh, certainly not on the road. So that kind of tells you where Indiana's program's been, but, but they, they are look, uh, improved this year. Let, let's find a silver lining here. And here it is, is that Campanile at least has a little bit of time to assess what he has. OK, and knows that, you know, Blackshear is not available uh, and knows that he's got Langan there, saw him play his first college game. Um, he did a couple things. OK, ran the ball pretty well. He did complete a few passes. He's going to see what he can do there. He is an offensive minded guy. Let's see if he can figure out a way to move the ball. And then on the other side, I mean, Andy Boo's just got to figure it out. I mean, wh- wh- why? Why break down Indiana? I mean, come on. It's like. You know, you just got to go there and figure out a way to slow them down and make and make it a game. And I, I think at least Campanile has a little bit of time this time, whereas last last week was come on. That was that was a tough uh, uh, that was a tough game for him and a tough a tough situation. Oh, it was and he was he couldn't even hide his disappointment on Blackshear. He was just I mean, I can't you know. He was. Uh, It's a different world, man, in sports. Right. I mean, we know it's changed. It's not the I mean, John, you coach, so you can attest to it better than we can. But it's not run through the brick wall because I said to that's long gone. Yeah. Uh, You know what I feel when I'm watching these games? I feel like it's my team when I walk into the um, the Roosevelt School in West Orange, New Jersey, and I see Governor Cody on the other side and he's got. Eight kids, and I know that the three that he starts on the bench are better than the five that he has on the floor. And I'm, I've already burned through three of my timeouts, and the score is like 36 to 8. And it's it's the second quarter. I mean, that's what I feel like watching these Rutgers games. I can put, I can show my guys we run great stuff. We run, you know, offenses that colleges do, and, and they all know their plays. But at the end of that play, if Either A, my guy's going to shoot her off the side of the basket, or B, one of their players is going to come over and pin it on the backboard. You have no chance. And right now, that's what Rutgers is. They're shooting the ball off the side of the basket. They're throwing to their coach on the sideline. And they're not sustaining blocks because they do not, and I read it in the great conservatives that our friends from NJ.com, they do not have enough Big Ten players on their roster And it doesn't matter what Andy Boo does or what Nunzio does. When you don't have talent that matches up with other talent, even at schools like Indiana and Maryland, you have no chance to win. And that's why you're 27-point underdogs on the road. It's, It's frightening right now how bottomless this pit is right now. Yeah, it really is. And, um, you know, it, 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 you can also, and if I shift the conversation here a little bit, you can question that Pat Hobbs maybe pull, made the move. I know everybody's hollering for it, but a week earlier so that had he waited to move Ash out, the redshirt situation wouldn't have been there. 
Um, I don't know if that's a, a legitimate argument. If really, if it, if it, if after a fifty-two nothing defeat, it was enough, and enough was enough. But here you have a situation where you gave options to Sikowski, options to uh, Blackshear, and uh, it, listen, come on. They're a stronger team with those two guys. I mean, Campanile just lost his starting quarterback and his best offensive player within a couple days when he just got the job. Just an impossible situation and really just an impossible situation going to Indiana. The only thing is he at least he has a little bit of time. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, I, I don't know. It would have been, we'll never know what those guys would have done if Ash had not been fired. Um but it, it may have changed their thinking just a little bit. But once the guy who recruited them was gone uh, and they got off to such a terrible start, which is the reason the guy got fired, then, you know, I, I then, then perhaps they reassessed what they might be able to do. I, I think know. at that point, doesn't it kind of become every man for themselves? And well, then they start hasn't thinking it? like, hey, listen, you know, I, I got to get – you know, what's best for me right now, if I still have aspirations of playing in the NFL, let's face it, all these kids think that they're going to play in the NFL when they get recruited at this high level. Sure. And so I think they start to maximize what is best for them. And, you know, thank you, Chris Ash, but I got to start to do what, what is best for me at this point. And, you know, I think that they definitely did miss Blackshear. Obviously, he's the best. He and Pacheco, I think, are their best offensive players. Art's had a couple of nice games in a row, but he's by no means a given. It's not like you know they were they were missing some can't miss guy behind center. Would he have been better? I would hope so. But um, you know, he still is someone that is a major question mark. Even if he sticks around and is the starting quarterback next year, would we do we know what to expect from him? You know, under center game one next year, if he's the guy, I don't think so. No, I, honestly, I don't want him back. Yeah. I don't want him back. He's walked out on the team. But let's be honest, we this has been discussed for a long time. Players used to be stuck at the school they were recruited to and coaches left for greener pastures, right? Wait a yeah. minute. Yeah, you said you were going to be here for my four years and you left. That's just the way it goes, kid. Hey, yep. I can't get an extra five cents to buy a hamburger. Coach just signed a $700,000 sneaker deal. That's just the way it goes, kid. Well, you're starting to see major cracks and have over the years, none bigger than what's happened in California, where they're saying now guys can make money off their images and they can make money off of uh, their name. And how that's going to play out is going to completely readjust the field of college athletics. That's for another day. But, yeah, whether whether we believed the fairy tale that we're all in this together I don't know if it was ever as true as the story we were led to believe, but now it's completely broken up and but here's the it's thing. all every man for himself. Yeah, but I have a, yeah, I have a different perspective on it only because they need absolutely all the talent they can get at this point. I mean, really, it, it, it really is a mess and they are using the rules that were given to them so they can always go back. And I understand what you're saying. That They're how, not going how, back. How do you go back to your teammates and when they stuck it out, I get it. How do you how do you look at Isaiah Pacheco in the eye when you bailed on him? But at the same time, they they can simply just say, hey, we use the red shirt rules that we were permitted to use. So I'm thinking, well, from my standpoint, personally, that's OK. Uh, from my standpoint, to go back to the team, I can't see it. Happening. Get get the keep and retain 
all the players you can because it's that much of a mess. I mean, these are good players. I mean, Art Sikowski was starting to play some good football. And and Raheem Blackshear was their best offensive player. So anyway, moving forward. Branch Rickey once told Ralph Kiner when Branch was the general manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates, talking about a long time ago. And Ralph Mm -hmm. led the National League in home runs. And I believe he might have also led them in runs batted in, but definitely led them in home runs. And he went in for a pay raise. And Branch Rickey said to Ralph, where did we finish this year? He said, we finished in last place. Ralph, we finished last with you. We can finish last without you. You ain't getting a raise. (laughs) It's a historical perspective from Matt. So what I'm saying, so what I'm saying, though, is, again, I also know this. Mm -hmm. Athletes do want to win. So the Mm -hmm. guys who are in there fighting it out, who have stuck it out, if they really believe they have a better chance Next year, with Raheem Blackshear coming back, he can clear the air. The same thing with Art Sidkowski. I'm just not sure that the new guys would want them back. But for me, how good are they going to be next year? How good are they going to be next year? As an alum and a fan and and a season ticket holder for the longest time, you know where I go? How bad can this get, man? Real bad. How, how bad can this get, John? How bad can this get? Lower than whale poop. Ugh. And you know where well, whale poop is? You know where whale poop is? Could they yeah. lose the Liberty at home? Absolutely. They oh, can oh, lose no, they're going to lose all the way out. Uh, um, you know where whale poop is? That's in the uh, bottom, bottom of the ocean, ocean baby. Absolutely. Rutgers can't get, any low. can't get any low. And the yeah. reason, the only way they won't lose every game, and listen, I don't get any thrill killing them. I, I think I've probably been the most optimistic of the three of us during the course of <laughs> yeah. the show. Uh, so I get no joy out of killing them. They're trying. But the reality is, with all the circumstances, there's no way they can win any of these upcoming games. They're on the road this week. Uh, are they? Uh, they Liberty gives them maybe a slight chance. The only way they have a chance, forget when they get to the end of the schedule. It's like impossible. The only chance they have is Indiana's coming off a bye. Here's using this week as an example. Mm-hmm. Indiana's coming off a bye. All those guys are reading is how bad Rutgers is. They've right. seen Maryland kick their butt. They've seen Pence uh, getting shut out uh, against uh, Michigan. They've seen all the bad games, and they start to believe, hey, you know what? We can win. Tell your mom we say hi to, John. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, guys, I'm sorry. Hey, no, that's okay. It's a family affair here, bro. Anyway, yes, the only chance they have is if Tom Allen can't get his fellas to f- uh, focus, mm-hmm. and they think this is going to be an easy game. Look past Rutgers. And we're 27-point. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorites and this is one more win toward a bowl bid for us and yada 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 and suddenly the flea flicker is not followed by a score by indiana it's followed by a turnover that rutgers scores on and indiana starts going wait a minute we just fell behind 14 7 to rutgers they start pressing rutgers starts to feel good the problem is it's a 60 minute game yeah, and the talent. Is I just think not they're going to play. But that's their choice. I think they're going to play hard. Chance. I think they're going to play hard for Campanile. I really do. I think uh, there might be a little element of surprise with Langan. I just, you know, it's going it, to look. They'll lose by two touchdowns, three touchdowns. I think they can cover the spread. Rutgers can. I really do. I think they're going to play harder. And Andy Boo was look. That defense was uh, was embarrassed at home. I think they'll come out and they'll play hard. And I, I, I look at this point. I'm hoping it's not going to be as bad as it has been. And I think they can keep it, uh, you know, maybe it'd be great to keep it interesting in the second half, but maybe uh, they'll, they'll lose, but Rutgers is, it just doesn't have it. And, and we know this going to Indiana in this, in the situation they're in. Johnny, what's your thoughts? 
I just don't know how they can keep it close. I mean, I never thought that I'd be worried about Indiana on the road, but I think it's just gotten to the point that it is um, untenable for them to go anywhere and win games, whether it's at SHI Stadium or if it's on the road in Bloomington or, or where it could be. The only the only question I have is I wonder if the suits and the and the big building at the Big Ten are having any buyer's remorse for bringing you know this this program into the into the fold because they're just non-competitive and in, in, in every way shape or form i mean it's no well it's where i'd go like, with that is you know clubbing of the baby seal every week and they're becoming they're becoming a laughing stock and it's i think it's too bad for a for a proud school and a proud program well, as I said, and I, you know, when we we brought this up when Steve Politi was on about because he's wrote an article about everybody having a call to get out of Rutgers to get out of the Big Ten, but they're not going to do that. I mean, they 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 check all the boxes as a university. They they you know, and and they're okay in other sports. It's football that's the, that's the disaster here. I mean, basketball seems to be on the up and up. I mean, wrestling is is is, is doing well. I mean, both soccer programs are doing well. I mean, look, they've got they're having a little bit of success. Yes, it's going to take some time, but and and football is absolutely you're correct. It's been a mess, but you can't just measure it on football alone. You can't. There's just so much more involved. It is the king sport yeah. though. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. If Rutgers basketball doesn't elevate and Rutgers football stays at the bottom of the barrel, very few. I won't say nobody. Very few people care uh, that the wrestling well, team will did, do well. Did, very few people care if baseball wins a Big Ten championship or softball wins a Big Ten championship. I know in the broader picture, that's what a school like Michigan promotes. We're good in everything, but they got to be good in football and basketball. Mm-hmm. Have to be for mm-hmm. the rest of that stuff to Not resonate. Good. Or they one of them. Or one of them. Be on the competitor. Field. But, but let me. Okay. Then. Well, with that argument, that then, to, to with that argument, then was there a time when Northwestern was saying we've got to get out of the Big Ten? I don't think it was ever a conversation, and they were. Awful no, for and years. Rutgers is not talking about getting out of the Big Ten. Well, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, no, well, no. John's questioning whether they should have even bothered getting into the well, Big he's Ten. Saying, is that, is is there buyer's remorse on Big Ten's on the Big Ten's part? And the answer is no. They bring the Northeast eyeballs. It made their Big yeah. Ten network uh, more deliverable. They make money off of that. Mm-hmm. And listen, Pat Hobbs has gotten a lot of money put into the program. They and see that absolutely. in the Big Ten and here, office. And I will say this, and I got to make Ohio this State clear. doesn't care if Rutgers stinks. That's yeah. one easy win. Yeah. Thank you, right. Michigan. Right. Thank you. That's an yeah. easy one. Thank but you. The they upside don't want of this more competitive is team. if they win, really competitive. If they win, they the crowds will come. They will come out to see them. But if they're bad, they won't. I mean, come on. It's the Jets and the Giants rule this area. We know that. But if Rutgers will wins, we we remember pandemonium in Piscataway. I mean, yes, it was 2006. I get it. It was a long time ago. That place was packed. If they win, people will come out. There's no question about it. And they don't have to be 10 and 2. They don't have to be 10 and 2. If they're 8 and 4, if they're 7 and 5, if they're competitive and they were going to bowls, the, the stadium will be filled, filled. It will absolutely will. And the Big Ten would be happy. You and know? the Big Ten, John, is, is happy. They would prefer Rutgers to be better. Yes, they are the laughing stock. And there's no question that Hobbs is speaking with conference officials uh, just to reassure them. They're not in on the hire, but they are in on the information. They have a vested interest in Rutgers being better than it is. Is, also, no. I, and you look around, there have always been bad teams in conferences. Of course, of course, yeah. but, but, and, let, and let me make another point. Rice. You know, 
because yeah, and there's possibility because the Shiano years, the Shiano years were especially the latter Shiano years were were they were very good football teams. Not only did they they win, they went to bowl games as well, and yeah, but won they those playing in the Big Ten though. But but John, five years ago they went eight and five, went to a bowl game and beat a very good North Carolina team. It was their first year in the Big Ten. We're acting like this this has been going on forever. For 150 years, they've been absolutely awful. It's simply not true. They've had, and you know what? By the way, by the way, the Big East was a good conference, had good had good teams in that conference. Hello, you know they had West Virginia, they had Miami, they had good teams. So, mm. so, and and they and you know, yes, they never could beat West Virginia. Granted, but listen, Louisville, uh, that big win there. I mean, th there was good teams in that conference. And the bottom line is, is that they did go eight and five. That was five years ago. Come on, guys. They can get they can turn this thing around. And at least I'm not saying they're going to be at the top of the Big Ten. There's no way this is the top of the Big Ten East. Forget it. We, so I've we always know said, that I've always said that's where they top out eight and five. So as Politi said, well, as yeah. I mentioned last week, how about they be a Michigan State? How about they be a Northwestern? How about they be a team that gets the three star Karutz, coaches them up and, and gets, you know, has that eight win season here and there? I absolutely think that is absolutely possible. People are saying that's I've no way that's, that people are saying that there's, there's no way that's going to happen bs that will and happen as an alum, you're good with that absolutely come on man it, it, come on michigan and ohio state have a hundred and ten thousand people throw penn state in there too a hundred and ten thousand people coming out to see them on a saturday it's akron against youngstown state whoever whoever comes out come on they, they just have that it's a football factory they have the 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 money behind it they have the support behind it and, and listen, Rutgers is come on. We're, it's a Jets and Giants. They have the history it's behind a, it too. They've history. been playing top line football for 120 Ab years. Absolutely. So uh, no, they're not going to be Penn State, and they're not going to be Ohio State, and they're not going to be Michigan. But they're going to beat them occasionally. They're going to beat them occasionally. When they, you know, I'm, I'm, and and they been, will. That's my, they my will vision win, all along. They will win seven to eight games. They'll go to a decent bowl game, and they'll win that bowl game. They will, you know, they, they did because they showed that they can do that. So and I believe they can get back to that. And all the talk about should the Big Ten not have bothered? Should should Rutgers not have gotten the Big Ten? I just get I don't listen to any of it. They're absolutely. I love the fact that they're in the Big Ten. I think it's great. And I, and I love going to the football games and the basketball games. I and mean, the football games have been painful. I'll say that. I was going to say. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. I mean, I know you believe Scarlet, but let's, I would let's tell you as a Providence alum, if my team, if I went into each season, Hoping and praying, my fingernails holding onto the chalkboard that I was going to maybe make the NIT. That would just be, you know, it wouldn't be a season worth watching. I mean, I want to, I want my team to win the conference. I want to be in the in the conversation in the last week of the season to to be there towards the end and and play in the NCAA tournament. Well, I mean, look, Not you're in the like well, you know, fifteen and fourteen every year. Mm -hmm. That would be something that would be hard for me to have to deal with. We can go on and on. We're going to have to cut this a little short. But, I mean, Providence, does they play in the Big East. I mean, come on. They're, they're not winning every year. John, when's the last time they no, won the I conference? Know. But at least, you know, you know I, I kind of feel like they have a chance that they that they can be, you know, one of the teams in the top three or four every season. Not that they're going to lose every game by 100 points or so. I mean, Rockers it's just, football, it's to the point where Rutgers football just got in to the Big Ten. They made a bad hire. Okay. The recruiting was poor for several years now. The flood, you know, it was it was a tough. Ash Ash had a tough 
uh, it was in a tough spot right out of the jump and just didn't make it better. You know, they've got to get a coach to come in and simply make it better and get better. And I believe they can do that. And that's so that this hire for Pat Hobbs is, is huge. And he needs to take the time. Pat, Pat Hobbs needs to take the time to make the, the right call here. And uh, and I believe he will. I, I believe in Pat Hobbs. I really do. I think he did the right thing with with Pykele in basketball. And uh, and the other sports seem to be doing uh, better. And uh, and I think that he's going to make the right move in football now. But he, he, he did not make the right move with Chris Ash. You know, listen, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? I get it. So, listen, you move on and you just make a better hire. It's as, it's as simple as that. So and with that, that will be uh, this week's uh, RU review sponsored by Zebra Pen. We'll, of course, be back next week with more uh, discussion on Rutgers football. I'm Steve Titchener here with Matt Lockwood, with John McAlevey on the line. We'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye.